Welcome to the Harley Parlay. This week's episode is our spooky Halloween special. Now come out of your graves and go over to Creepy Malia with this week's bullets. Thank you, Silver. This Monday, October 29th, HAC Modified Swimming begins. Then, October 31st is Halloween! The day after, November 1st, is a day off. Friday, November 2nd, is a lower school book fair and HAC Modified Fall Sports Assembly at 10 a.m. at Hartley. Lastly, on Saturday, November 3rd, we have SAT and subject tests. Now on to Mason and Violet with this week's features. Thanks, Maria. Some of our teachers have volunteered to tell us of some spooky stories. Today, we are here with Mrs. McKee and Mr. Gilbert. Something black and cold. It started with little things, strange incidents that were sometimes inconvenient, sometimes almost amusing. But then the heavy trouble began, and the terror. In the early 1970s, two sisters, Lois Dean and Diantha Summer, moved their families into two old houses in the middle of Rollins, Wyoming, a small city in the Rocky Mountains. Lois and her husband and their six children moved into the big house. Diantha and her two sons took the carriage house right behind the main house. Very soon, strange things began to happen in the big house. Lights kept turning on and off. At first, the adults thought it was just the kids playing around, but they soon found that the lights seemed to be going on and off by themselves, even when no one else was around. Thinking it must be an electrical problem, Lois and her husband had the house rewired, but it kept happening. When the children were playing games, they would leave the room for a minute and then come back to find game pieces missing. An older daughter found the colors in her makeup kits, often smeared together. At first, she thought the younger children were doing it, so she banished them from her room. But it kept happening even after she padlocked the door. The family dog wagged his tail as though at an invisible guest, and his eyes followed something across the room. Sometimes in the big house, the bathroom cabinet would be found completely empty. Toothbrushes, combs, and medicines would all be gone to be found later in odd places. Again, Lois thought it was the children. But it even happened when they were all at school and she was alone in the house. Then, things began to get rough. The boyfriend of one of the girls was playfully climbing through a window. Something unseen picked him up and threw him inside against a wall. That was the end of that boyfriend. He never came back for another visit. Not long afterward, one of the younger boys said he had seen something in the garage. Mike, Diantha's 14-year-old, decided to take a look. He started out the back door of the big house and suddenly felt two hands grab him and throw him through the air back into the kitchen, into the refrigerator. He had red marks on his chest as if something had scratched him. Lois was infuriated. She began yelling, I don't care who you are. I'm not putting up with you coming into my house and hurting my kids. She was so angry that she was momentarily unafraid. She dashed out into the garage. There, she saw a black shape. 
It was big and billowy, she says, and it was dressed like a woman in something black and long. It came toward her smoothly, as though it were on wheels. Something black and cold started coming out of it, like ribbons, she recalls. It started wrapping me in those strands. I could feel their coldness. I couldn't move. Then she felt her sister, who saw the shape too, grab her from behind and jerk her away from the thing and back into the big house. The sisters sat up all night, praying as hard as they could. The prayers may have had a good effect, or they never saw the thing again. They took to calling that incident the main event. Afterward, they felt the atmosphere to be a little less oppressive. However, everyone had a sense that the place was still not quite right. And before long, both families moved out. In talking to the neighbors, only one event in the past seemed to hold a clue. Back in the early 1900s, a graveyard on the property was dug up and moved to another location. Rumor had it that two bodies were left behind. Were these two different restless spirits? We may never know. And now, a story from Mrs. McKee about a girl who always wears a mysterious yellow ribbon. So this is a Wisconsin folktale called the Yellow Ribbon. Jane wore a yellow ribbon around her neck every day. And I mean every day, rain or shine, whether it matched her outfit or not. It annoyed her best friend Johnny after a while. He was their next-door neighbor, and he'd known Jane ever since she was three. When he was young, he'd barely noticed the yellow ribbon, but now that they were in high school together, it kind of bothered him. Jane, why do you wear that yellow ribbon around your neck every day? He'd ask her, but she would never tell him. Still, in spite of this, Johnny did think she was cute. So he asked her to the soda shop for an ice cream sundae. Then he asked her to watch him play in the football game. And then he started walking her home. And in the spring, he asked her to the dance. Jane always said yes when he asked her out, and she always wore a yellow dress to match the ribbon around her neck. It finally occurred to Johnny that he and Jane were actually kind of dating, and he still didn't know why she wore the yellow ribbon around her neck. So he asked her about it again, and yet again she wouldn't tell him. Maybe someday I'll tell you about it, she'd reply. Someday? The answer annoyed Johnny, but he shrugged it off because Jane was so cute and she was fun to be with. Well, time flew past, as it has a habit of doing, and one day Johnny realized he was in love with Jane, and he proposed to her. Yes, she said. They planned a big wedding, and Jane hinted that she might tell him about the yellow ribbon around her neck on their wedding day. But somehow, what with the preparations and his beautiful bride and the lovely reception, he actually forgot to ask her about it. And when he did remember, she got a bit teary-eyed, and she said, Johnny, we're so happy together. What difference does it make? Johnny decided that she was right. They raised a family of four with usual ups and downs, laughter and tears. When their golden anniversary rolled around, Johnny once again asked Jane about the yellow ribbon around her neck. It was the first time he brought it up since the week after their wedding. Whenever their children asked him about it, he'd always hush them, and somehow none of the kids had dared ask their mother. Jane gave Johnny a sad look and said, Johnny, you've waited this long. You can wait a while longer. And Johnny agreed. It was not until Jane was on her deathbed a year later that Johnny, seeing his last chance slip away, asked Jane one final time about the yellow ribbon she wore around her neck. She shook her head a bit at his persistence and then said with a sad smile, Okay, Johnny, 
you can go ahead and untie it. With shaking hands, Johnny fumbled for the knot and untied the yellow ribbon around his wife's neck, and Jane's head fell off. Thank you, Mrs. McKee. And now on to Olivia. Thanks, Violin Mason. For this week's special, I'm going to be telling you a true story that I experienced with a friend. When I was in sixth grade, a friend of mine had an old Ouija board in her attic. The board was an older version, and there was no planchette with it. We had done it once before when this happened. It was early in the morning, and we were over at my friend's house. There were six of us, and the parents were asleep. We were in the kitchen at the table, and we had just finished around. Four of us went to the bathroom, so it was me and my friend. We decided to try it and do it. So we put two fingers on the glass slash planchette. We asked, are there any spirits here? And we didn't have to wait before the glass moved over yes. I glanced at my friend and asked for their name. The cup moved to the Z, and then the O, and then started going back and forth between the two letters. And we pushed the glass to goodbye. We knew about Zozo. He was a demon, and if he ever visited you, you had to say goodbye immediately. Did you move it? I asked my friend, and she shook her head. I hadn't moved it either. We tried again and got the same result. We then ran to our friends and told them. We didn't use the board for the rest of the day. I don't know if the girl has used it since then, but I haven't. I hope you enjoyed this story, and happy Halloween. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Harley Parlay. We hope you had a good Halloween, and don't eat too much candy. Thank you to Silver, Olivia, Violet, Annika, Mason, Malia, Mr. Rothfuss, Miss McGee, and Mr. Gilbert. Become what thou art. And happy Halloween!